y'all notice it's a little cooler this morning? Just a hair. Yes. We'll get settled down here a minute. Everybody, everybody's still trying to uh, to get in. Good to see each of you here this morning. And it will warm up a little bit. We've got it going this morning. So, Brother Ray, good to see you. You keep your jackets on. Uh, hey, we would uh, we would like to welcome each of you this morning. If you're visiting with us this morning, we'd like for the first time, we'd like for you to fill out a Connect card and just leave it in the pew or hand it to uh, one of the people uh, after the service. So if you're giving, you can go to uh, Cypress Street Church slash give. And this is in our bulletin, or you, you can drop in the check or the cash in the box in the back. And Wednesday, Wednesday evening, we're going to have a birthday party for Jesus. Merry Christmas to everybody. This is Christmas week. Yes. Amen. So, just hard to believe that it's come this quick. So, and uh, we're going to have a devotion with Pastor Ray, and the sign-up sheet for the refreshments are in the uh, hall. So there's a sign-up sheet out there you can sign up to uh, to bring refreshments. And I think we're going to have a cake. Is that correct, Brother Ray? Yes, we got a cake. Is that ordered? A big cake. Okay, we got it. Uh, well, and then... Uh, <laughs> Next Sunday is Christmas, 10 a.m. We'll have a worship service here at 10, but there won't be any circles. I think, Miss Carolyn, are y'all going to still have your circle before? Yeah, we're not going to be next week. Okay, so just 10, 10 a.m. service. So, and that will probably uh, not last about what it normally does, a little less possibility. And then on Wednesday, uh, December the 28th, we will not have uh, any services, uh, no Wednesday night service that week. Also, I've got some, uh, I've got a good report. We've, uh, our search team and our leadership team, uh, we, we met with a prospective pastor on Zoom last week, and we've done references and everything's come back real positive. So that's a uh, plus. So y'all just continue pray, praying for that situation. And uh, it looks like if everything works out, he'll be here to speak for us uh, sometime at the end of January. So. If anybody has any questions on that, they can ask any anybody with a search team or leadership team, and we'll be glad to uh, try to answer those for you. So just continue praying for that. Uh, but good to have each of you here this morning. I hope you have a good week. Uh, it is a little cooler in here. This heat didn't get situated for some reason this morning, but it will warm up. It is warmer than it was 40 minutes ago. <laughs> But uh, they, the leadership up here, they don't care. 
They're ready to play and sing. I'm going to read uh, from uh, Luke, the uh, fourth chapter, the 31st. Oh, boy. Hold on just a minute. I'm sorry. I got turned around on this. I'm so sorry, y'all. I've had a tough week this week, too. So. This is from Luke, the first chapter, the 26th through the, uh, through the 30, 38. In the, uh, the birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month, God sent the angels, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Thank each of you for being here this morning, and we just uh, pray that you'll join in the service this morning. Good morning. Join with us as we celebrate the fourth Sunday of Advent. You have heard the adage, never talk to strangers. While that is careful word of warning, our season of Advent causes us to prepare for Jesus coming in a unique way. We are on the lookout for those we do not know well and we offer hope. We open our hands and hearts to share love. We make space to talk and listen. We find a spot at the table, a place to sit and rest. And in doing so, we find ourselves recipients of joy. 
on this fourth Sunday of Advent, we light the candle of peace. When he was grown, Jesus gathered his disciples and instructed them to spread out among the cities, proclaiming the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near, and those who generously welcomed the disciples into their homes were blessed with peace. Matthew 10, 7 through 13. Often when a host or hostess throws a party, they offer a gift or a favor for coming into their home. Yet it is God who offers the gift, the favor of peace, to those who practice hospitality in his kingdom. On that starry night, to the frightened shepherds, the heavenly host joined the angel of the Lord, declaring, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom God favors. Luke 2, 14. As we have been preparing for Christ's coming, Christ is preparing to come and give us a gift, his favor, his peace. We need a visitation. If ever in our world there was a time for God's peace, it is now. When world events, financial strain, uneasiness, and strife mount to frightening levels. When the end of our rope is frazzled and frayed from too much hanging on. We need the promise of the grown-up baby in the manger. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. John 14, 27. This is what lies in store for those who love one another, who entertain angels without knowing. The peace of Christ. We give glory to God for peace. Won't you stand with us now this morning as we begin the song with a beautiful song, Let Us Adore Him. you will find the song there's a song in the air let's sing verses 1 3 and 4 there's a song in the air there's a song 
children, you may go to your classes. Good morning. I was just up here a minute ago, it seemed like. That was a short song, wasn't it? Yeah. No, sir. Uh, I appreciate the confidence you have. <laughs> hey, it is warming up. Would everybody agree? Yes. yes. On a prayer request this morning, uh, is listed pastoral church of candidates. Just uh, remember to pray for for this situation, and uh, just remember to pray for our church. Pray for. The one that we've got coming to to uh, to speak for us, and that God's will will be worked out in this. We ask you to remember the Bosimo, Annie Bosimo's family. Just uh, remember that family. We ask that you remember Larry Worsham, Priscilla, and their family. Uh, Larry's had a last few days has really been tough, so just remember that family. Uh, Larry Lawson, uh, Jerry Crane, uh, Shirley Lowry, Pauline Lawrence, and Pauline's uh, Miss Annie's sister. Ask that you remember her. Geraldine Duchesne, the ones that's going to be traveling. We've got some people traveling today. Just remember them. Our missionaries, our, our families of the missionaries and uh, the areas that they're in. Pray for those people, uh, our leaders in our country, and I know that things look sort of rough for our country at this time, but it's been there before, but God has a plan, and this is part of his plan, and just pray. Pray for our leadership of the country, for our leadership of our, our church, for our leadership of each individual family. And uh, Dale Elmore, uh, I talked to Charles, that's Charles's brother, he's doing a little better this morning. Uh, Sandy Adams, good to have you with us this morning. 
back with us. Uh, if y'all notice, which some of you, if you didn't look at your bulletin, uh, Mike Cootie was supposed to be uh, doing this this morning, and he asked me to do it. He's been sick, but he's in the sound booth. And Mike, good to have you back this morning. It doesn't feel good to be sick. So, you know, uh, the Lowry family, Miss Shirley, she's going to continue to be in the nursing home, or yes, the nursing home. That's a decision that her and Mr. Lowry had made prior to going in there and then with his passing. And uh, anybody that visits him, they would appreciate it. And uh, so just remember their family. And uh, Dennis Crane, which I mentioned last week, some of you may not know Dennis. Uh, I think uh, Brother Ray remembers Dennis. He owned the uh, Winsboro Dodge store for years, him and his brother. And he had a uh, had a, a blockage, three blockages. Went in for a surgery. They done a surgery, and had to take him right back in uh, 30 minutes later and redo. And but yesterday I talked to uh, his daughter, and he is improving. So just remember to keep them in prayer, and just pray for each other. Pray for our church. Pray for the leadership and pray for each other, each family. And, uh, you know, every year, every year it seems that people passes this time of year, Thanksgiving, to, I don't know if we notice it more, it's just, but it's just, it's a sad time. I had a call from, from one of my uh, classmates and we had just lost one of our classmates three weeks ago and uh, called me yesterday and said that his son had passed away, 42 years old, with and in good health, but passed away with uh, a blood clot. So it's just a sad time of the season in a way. But we've got a lot to be thankful for. Thank God for sending Jesus so that we may have eternal life if we accept that. So just remember, pray for each other. Call each other, let them know you love them, you know. And uh, Merry Christmas to each of you that's here this morning. You want me to pray or would you like to pray this morning? Come on up then. Thank you, Brother Ray. Appreciate it. Thank you, Brother James. Thank you for being here. I do want to reiterate a lot of what James said. Thank you so much for your commitment to the church. I appreciate the leadership here very, very much. Got a, you know, anytime I talk to a pastor or a pastoral candidate or anybody, I'm always talking about the great leadership, the great spirit, the great commitment to missions, uh, to the great commission. Um, worship team, thank you. Uh, I'd rather it be short and good than long and bad. <laughs> That's just me now. But anyway, uh, uh, the Advent candle folks, every one of you. Yep, I've been real pleased with that. It's been really nice. I like those that you know struggle lighting those candles. Uh, that's been interesting. Isn't that neat? <laughs> I remember all the years trying to get, get that to work. Um, appreciate your prayers because like James said, boy, have we been through it. And I think I have to admit, probably Cypress Street during this time, 
of my 45 years in ministry, I haven't seen stuff hit with loss and boy, all we're going through, you know, at one time, like what's happened uh, and what we're facing. Uh, so, you know, that, that, that has been, been tough. Um, but I rejoice as, you know, the announcement because, uh, you know, I, I believe God's got the right person. They prayed about it a long time and they feel led and we feel led and I think it's going to be awesome. So I'm excited and I think January uh, 1st uh, I'll be back here and, and, and hopefully by then we can share some more information with you and you're going to be excited. So I'm excited about the future. And you know God never puts on us more than we can take. There's times I've questioned that. Have you? Boy, I was like, Lord. And I remember a pastor one time saying, well, you know, if you think you can't take it, just remember, he must have pretty good trust in you that you can because he's given it to you. And he promised that what? He would be with you no matter what you go through. And I, I claim that as well. I do want to share also that I talked to Priscilla this morning and she's asking, um, we're not online, correct? Good. Um, she's asking that, that we may be effective now, today, don't call Larry's phone anymore. If you need her, call her phone or the house phone. And uh, he's kind of in and out. It seems to be going pretty quickly. I will share with you, he put a little weight on his arm and, and the bone broke from where the cancer was. So he's, he's in pretty tough condition. The family has been together, be, be in prayer for them. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit more about that, something he wanted to share as well. But she asked me to share that this morning. Um, really appreciate you and the calls. And again, I'll talk a little bit more about that as well. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Would you bow with me? Your prayer is just as important as what I voice. So let's just praise the Lord this morning. Father God, you're amazing. You're our creator. You're the giver of life, the giver of love, and you gave us the greatest miracle, the greatest gift ever in your precious son, Jesus. We rejoice in that fact. Father, whether we feel it this morning, whether we're hurting physically, emotionally, Lord, no matter what we're going through, by faith, and I pray maybe even we can experience your joy this morning to praise your holy name for the gift of gifts. There's always, always, always hope in you, my Lord, my Redeemer, my Savior, my God. Thank you that we have that hope. Thank you that we receive mercy. And there's always, always just soaked in so much love. May every person in this room and our children that are in the other room and the nursery, may they feel your love today. May it flow out of us. May you use this humble preacher. May you use every teacher to let your love flow. I also pray for every person in here, God, that you would re-anoint us and recall us as your ambassadors, that we can reflect your light and reflect your love. God, I pray that, that we would be faithful in doing that.
Now, Father, you've heard the many prayer requests that Brother James shared with us. And, Father, they're significant loss and struggles and end times coming close on this side of glory. But, Lord, there's a lot of victories and a lot of positive. To be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. Lord, there is, we don't grieve like the world. We, we, we know that we have a hope and we know what tomorrow brings. So God, we pray that all of us might be a lot like Paul. That if we're here, it's great. And if we're gone, it's great. So God, I pray that you would be with all of us. Father, I do pray for those who right now are struggling physically. God, just touch them. Jesus, you've already been in the home of Larry, but I pray, Father, that you would just really especially be there, Lord. Minister Priscilla to those children, those grandsons, grandchildren, Lord, all of them. Father, be with us today as we share your word. Give us the freedom. God, we give you permission to speak to us, to challenge us. Thank you, Father, for this gift. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. I want to challenge you this morning to, you know, you can fill out the notes on the outline, and, I, and that's great. I hope you do. But more importantly, I pray that you don't analyze the sermon, or I'm not too worried about you judging me whether I do a good job or not. That's not what I'm talking about. But... I pray that you would let the scriptures and the words speak to your heart this morning because I believe that that's important and I think we need to relax and just let God uh, speak to our hearts with where we're at. Today I have some questions at the top of your outline. I titled today's message, A Christmas Miracle. And it was chosen actually about five weeks ago. This is my fifth sermon building up to Christmas today. And we've talked a lot about the star, about the wise man, tons of stuff about the wise men and that whole process, and about the greatest gifts that have ever come, all come from God. We can't even get close and unwrapping gifts. And I know next Sunday morning, and maybe some of you are Christmas Eve night people, that's cool. And in this world we have today where there's mixed families, you might have to do it several times and, and do the gift unwrapping. But as you unwrap the gifts and you see the joy in hopefully children's eyes, I hope there's joy uh, in their eyes, and you see that, that's only a glimpse of what God has for us. You know, when you give a kid a gift and how they feel and that excitement that you see, you go, oh, it's worth it all. My brother gave me a gag gift yesterday. Probably shouldn't tell you this. It isn't on the outlines. <laughs> it probably wasn't sanctioned by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but he gave me a shotgun, plastic of course, and it's, it's got a plunger on the end of it. And it's a redneck plunger. And, when, and it's usable. And when you do it, it, it goes boom. <laughs> he said, that's a gift for a man that's got everything. <laughs> So I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. We have a hunting camp together. I said, that's going in the bathhouse hanging up there. So you're going to have to look at it every time. But you know, you pick up joy, even gag gifts, you know, the funny times. 
Um, but the question number one is, do you truly believe in miracles? You know, you think on one sense, that's crazy not to believe in miracles. I, I think at times a lot of people struggle with believing in miracles. And I know at the university where I taught, a lot of those guys really, really struggled with believing in miracles. But they admired me. It's funny, they would kind of dig at me a little bit till time and you build a reputation. But they would kind of dig at me, but then they would respect the fact that I did. And then when things in their life didn't go good, guess who they call? Guess who they're going to call? Do you believe in miracles? And the next one is, do you really need a miracle? Do you really need a miracle? And then I have a final question that kind of leads us through this. Do I even want a miracle? You know, it's so sad today, but I think a lot of folks get so far gone, they don't even want a miracle anymore. They want it to be logical, and they want to be in control. Do you follow what I'm saying? Do, do, I don't know if I'm making sense, but they don't really even want a miracle. Now, how far have we gone if we get, we don't even want a miracle anymore? Well, I'll tell you what, I want a miracle. <laughs> I love miracles. You heard the scripture that James read. I'm going to run over it real quickly in NLT. Uh, Christmas calls us to probably one of the greatest miracles of all time. And let me explain this. There's a couple things that we, we, did a, we did several Wednesday nights on the non-negotiables. But the biblical virgin birth of Jesus Christ is non-negotiable. And I, I think we ought to say amen to that. And the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is non-negotiable. And these are miracles beyond anything. And I love it because in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, that's when the six months came in, God sent the angel Gabriel, not just a regular angel, there evidently is some hierarchy there, Michael and Gabriel, to Nazareth, I've been there, village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married. The engagement process was a long deal back then, to a man named Joseph who lived in the area. He actually was a distant descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. I love this. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. And of course, the next thing, always out of the words of an angel, always, do not be afraid. I don't know what, what Gabriel looked like, but most people have described angels as being very much on fire, or very powerful beings, although they can also appear in human form. Do not be afraid, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. Very important. This is the name. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. That's God's people. And I love this. The kingdom, his kingdom will never end. That means it's going on today. 
His kingdom will never end. And I want to just hit, hit us up with this. We're a part of his kingdom. Woohoo! We're a part of his kingdom. Maybe if we jumped up a few times, if my back wouldn't hurt me so bad, we'd jump up and down and the heat would radiate off our bodies. Okay. Now Mary asked this angel, but how can this be? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the baby will be born, will be born holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but now she's in her sixth month. And then verse 37 that you all ought to have memorized, for nothing is impossible with God. I want to repeat that. Would you say that with me? For nothing is impossible with God. Do you believe it? For nothing is impossible to God. But what about nothing? What part of nothing do we not understand? I have to hear that sometimes in my life when I'm struggling with something. And, and I'm a preacher. And sometimes I have to hear that. And then verse 38, I want to add that. And it said, Mary responded, this is awesome. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. And then the angel left. It's almost like God wanted her permission. He didn't need it. He didn't do it. But God doesn't come and hammer you and make it happen. He heard from Mary. And I'm not deifying Mary, but let me tell you, she is awesome. Okay? Probably 14, 15 years old, 16 or whatever. Now, that's equal to about 40 now. Isn't that when the average kid leaves the house? <laughs> Lord help us, Jesus. What did you say earlier? This country, we got a lot of things going on right now. <laughs> One of them is our kids are still at home. Okay. So the birth of this Christ child, which by the way we know is about 2,026 years ago, um, because Jesus was born about 4 BC. They've got that off. It was possibly six, possibly three, but most everything looks like 4 BC. As we look at that on your outline there, the first point that I wanted to make is it's what is, what is the birth of Jesus Christ a couple thousand years ago demonstrate? And the first thing is it demonstrated a miracle of God's power. And you say, power, wow, why God's power? Well, I'm glad you asked, that's why I fill this out. Well, there's many reasons. When Gabriel came to the young Mary and said, you're going to have this baby, that's beyond anything anyone had ever heard or ever thought about. Now, since that time, mankind's heard the story, so they all know about the virgin birth. And Marvel and some of these people have created things about miracles and, you know, the Holy One chosen of the such and such whatever. But prior to that, that had never even been thought of or heard of. But this is God, the one who spoke the universe into existence. And I remember in theology learning this word. I don't know a lot of crazy words, but I remember this one. 
E-X-N-I-H-L-O, ex nihilio, means out of nothing. Y'all all know the story about the scientists that said, you know, I can create stuff. And we're doing some pretty amazing things. I can create stuff and I'm going to take God on. And all God has to say, no, you start with your own ingredients. Y'all know that. Because God out of nothing created. Now, if God out of nothing cre can create, maybe he could bring a baby without it going through the process, you know, and he did. The Holy Spirit came upon Mary. And I think what we need to realize is in our life out of nothing or things are bad or it's destroyed or it's not good, if the Holy Spirit comes upon us out of nothing, God can create. We may not have a baby, you know, we may not. In fact, if the Holy Spirit wanted to have a baby with a guy, it wouldn't matter. The Holy Spirit, God can do anything he wants to do. You know, there's no boundaries to God. But my point is, in what we deal in our life, out of nothing, God can create. So this is a powerful, powerful story. This Christmas week, I ask you to look around. Where in your life right now, and only you can answer this, would out of nothing you love God to create? There's somewhere in your life. It could be in a relationship with a child, a spouse, a family, a parent, anything. It could be something that you go, it's overwhelming in your world. It's a, it could be a health issue. It could be anything. What I'm saying is nothing is impossible with God and God has the power to take care of it. Jeremiah 32, 17, I believe it's on your outline, says, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Well, you might say, well, if that's true, why doesn't he do it? Why, why doesn't he do it, you know, more often? Well, you know, maybe it's because the all-powerful God is waiting on some of us to believe it. Mark 9.23 says, what do you mean if I can? Do y'all remember what it said? If you, you know, if you can, you could do this. And Jesus responded, what do you mean if I can? Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person believes. Y'all remember you can move a mountain if you believe. Have faith, faith. We have to believe. And I have to admit, sometimes my belief and your belief holds us back. Many of us can testify we've seen God work in miraculous ways that we can't even understand. I, I've got an awesome story for you this morning. There's a devout believer prayer warrior lady. She lived next to an atheist. And this saint loved to pray and pray loud and hard and long. That was her thing. She was a prayer warrior. And the atheist loved to have his windows open and listen to her pray. Kind of a sick guy. But anyway... He did. And he would listen to her pray and all that stuff. Then one night he overheard her crying out to God, Oh God, please provide some food. There's no groceries in the house. So the atheist decided, he decided, don't you listen, he decided on his own that he was going to trick her. So the atheist went and bought a bunch of groceries, set them on the front porch, and the next day, you know, next time she came to the door, she saw the groceries and she started praising the Lord, thanking the Lord for the groceries, you know, right? And he just was so excited. Thank you, Lord, for providing the groceries. Thank you. 
So the atheist knew that's his chance. He's going to run over and get her. So he ran over there and said, there's no God. I bought the groceries. And the lady started jumping up and down. And here's what she said. Oh, thank you, God. You not only provided the groceries, but you made the devil pay for them. <laughs> Woohoo! I love that story. I like that. I like that. Now, here's the thing. The atheist did not have an idea that God used him. Did you not read the Bible? I don't want to say anything politically incorrect. God can use evil people to do his work. He can use Nebuchadnezzar. He can use people who I'm trying not to say their name right now who are in a city somewhere in a White House. They just live in a White House. I'm trying not to say their name. And honestly, they're evil. They say they're Christian. They kill babies. They're for anything that's anti-family and moral. In fact, if, if you have the Spirit of God in you and you've read the Bible and you strive to be a student of it, you should understand what's going on. If there's anything in the Bible that makes sense, this world we are is going to be against it, 100%. They'll lie, they'll try to cover it up, but they're against it. So, in fact, I don't think anyway, if the Lord come tomorrow, no one can say, oh, I didn't know. Because in the last days, they'll call evil good and good evil. You're done. Sorry. That's exactly what we're seeing. And that's the reality. And I just love this little story because it's funny. Yes, it's funny, but it's true. The evil person can try to be getting you. They can even be trying to manipulate you. But all I'm saying is if God's in it, God can use them too. You know what? I'm not so sure God isn't trying to use these people for us to see how bad it is to get off our... Um, Stand up for something. In other words, we need to be more bold about what we believe. See what I'm saying? And if it gets so bad, we will, maybe. Just a thought. And then you go, well, that wasn't a miracle. We just finally had enough. Let me tell you, if Americans who are moral did something, or anybody that's moral had enough and stood up, if in Guatemala and those places Carmen y'all minister to, if those people stood up and said, this is wrong, what's happening with these children and this morality that we have and how we treat girls and all. You follow what I'm saying? If they did that, that's a miracle. That's a miracle. I think sometime, some of us this morning, and, and I'm glad we do it really. I say, you know, we joke about it, but sometimes we fake that things are good for Christmas and we put a Christmas smile on and, you know, maybe we see a lot of obstacles for the new year and no way out and all that. But here's what I'm, I'm trying to say. God has the power to take care of anything you and I face. The, one of the most powerful miracles of Christmas says impossible is not impossible if God's in it. So that's the same in our life. That's important. 
I, uh, some of y'all know, uh, Tuesday night a week ago, I, I had fallen about eight feet, oh, seven years ago, and hurt my back pretty bad and struggled through it. And you have spinal stenosis, and I know many have it much worse, but I, you know, I, I could make it, and it's good. Man, I was probably doing the best I've been, and I made one wrong step. And it's been rough. I'm not going to lie to you. Then I got some relief, and but at 3.30 this morning, I woke up, and it was bad. And it was so bad, my, my wife got up and all that stuff. My grandson had already prayed for me, so I knew I'd been prayed for. You know, an innocent kid praying for you. I mean, you know, I can't top that. And he prayed for me, and God had touched him. He's in for just a few days, and he was sick, and here I am. I don't feel good, and we got our three days to spend together, two and a half days to spend together. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, and I woke up, and I'm like, I got to preach. I can't take a muscle relaxer. You know, what am I going to do? I'm just the reality of what am I going to do? It, this is bad. So I got him started walking. Of course, Dana heard it, and I got up, and she prayed for me. And... Uh, and I walked around a little bit, and I said, i got to try. I laid back down, and boom, I went to sleep. It's a miracle, I'm telling you. I slept two hours. I didn't know what, two hours? I mean, it was awesome. And I got up, and I made it. In other words, that sounds like a little thing, but that's a miracle. God touched me. And, and it's not a powerful miracle in the sense of that. And you know what? I bet all of us have those kind of stories. But why is it we forget them? Why is it they tend to go away and we don't think that, that anything that we face, the first place we ought to go is what? The Father. Right? Secondly, sorry about that. Christmas baby here demonstrates that's a miracle of God's grace. Now, the reason I call it God's grace, and people don't tend to think about that, is what did they name the baby? That baby born of a virgin. You have to name him Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Jesus, that's real important. By the way, what name today is the most politically incorrect name from the far left to ever say? There's only one, Jesus. You can even get away with God. There's, there's places you better never get up and win an award and say Jesus' name. You follow what I'm saying? It's because it's powerful. But what does Jesus mean? Literally this. This is easy. God saves. The name of Jesus is grace. God saves. In Matthew 1.21, And she will have a son, and you're to name him what? Jesus, for he will save his people for their sins. And in John 3.17, we all know 16, God sent His Son to the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. Not through our own works, not through our religion, through Him. You know, many people through life have two struggles through parents and the way they're raised. Some are struggling, we've talked about this, because their parents had no boundaries. They were just let to go wild and, and they end up being a spoiled rotten brat and, and, and hard to be employable and just struggle their whole life with other people. But there's also a crew that, 
that's been raised maybe with critical or condemning parents. You know what I'm saying? The opposite. And I'm not talking restrictive parents or parents that put tremendous boundaries. I'm talking where it gets real personal and all that. Or maybe you've been raised in a church where there was hellfire and brimstone preaching. And I love some hellfire and brimstone preaching. I've even had people in my congregation say, Brother Ray, I want you to let it all hang out. You know, give, give, give until it's about them and then we don't want, you know, it's different. Well, anyway, uh, but I'm talking about, you like this, I'm talking about, I have heard some sermons that it's hellfire and brimstone and it's almost like they're excited that you're going there. You know what I'm saying when they're preaching it? I mean, they get too excited about it. I was like, really? I mean, where's the grace in this? Let's, get, let's lead to where we're going. Uh, and there's some amazing sermons that are very powerful. It's almost like what happens is then you grow up with the idea that God is this divine Clint Eastwood or something. God's just waiting. Go ahead, Ray. Mess up and make my day. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> That's sort of how some people, and I've actually counseled people that as a pastor. They, they need to understand God's grace. They're really struggling. But God did not come on Christmas to show you how bad you are. Do you agree with that? He didn't come to show you how bad you are. God came to remove the bad. To remove the bad. To set things right. I heard many stories of cool Christmas stories. One was about a young guy that struggled to pay his debt and he owed about $12,000 and somebody ended up wiping it away, taking all the debt away and that was his Christmas gift and boy, isn't that powerful. And I remember, I can kind of remember when I became debt free. I mean, we're talking debt free, no home, no mortgage, no any, man, it is awesome, I'm telling you. And I go, I'm not going there anymore. You know, and it's been tempting because maybe I want to buy some land or I want to do something. But it's a great place. And I, I have to give Dave Ramsey credit for pushing that and all these things. But I want to ask you, can you imagine waking up this morning and something come across a text or whatever from Chase or whoever you bank, you're debt free, can we borrow money from you? And you're going to go, it's a Christmas miracle. Oh, you know, you're gonna, we'll have to get the praise team up here. You know, or that, that, that song, oh, you know, we'd have to sing that. Wow, wouldn't that be great? In other words, all of your debts wiped away. Well, I want to tell you, look at me just a minute. God has wiped away all the debt. Jesus saves. When we put our faith in him, the debt is gone. You can live a spiritually debt-free life. And I think the deeper you get in that, the more he helps you live a, every debt-free life. It goes to relationships where, uh, you know, if there's a relationship you got to struggle with, God works with you to develop where there's no issues anymore in that relationship. You follow what I'm saying? He works with you and yes, the financial. He works in all areas. Don't think God doesn't care about finances. Read the Bible. It's loaded with it. I think this morning there's probably some, there's probably no one in here that doesn't need a miracle in the dead area. 
I don't mean just financial. I bet there's many of you that do. But I'm talking the debt in maybe relationships, the debt in any area. But every human that's ever been born can never be good enough to pay the debt to stand before God. But let me tell you what, Jesus, this miracle is a miracle of grace because the debt can be paid by accepting that baby as your personal savior. I got a call, I was at my hunting camp. I got a call Friday night at 11-11. Kind of a miracle I was up. And uh, it was Larry Worsham. And uh, man, he was pretty emotional. And he shared with me, and I can't go into all the detail, but he had just had an unbelievable experience. And I listened to it, and at the end he said, Pastor, I do not want to take any of your time for the sermon, but I just feel like God told me I had to share it. So he was going to come and today and, and share it. And then, of course, the next day he called me, broke his arm, and said, I don't know. And then last night uh, was kind of going down more and said he couldn't make it. So he asked me, would I share a little bit about it? And uh, it's kind of difficult and it's kind of hard, but I'll just cover a couple things that, that... So this morning when I talked to Priscilla, she said, yeah, I want you to share. And I kind of talked to her about what I was thinking. Basically, Larry, Friday, about 9 o'clock-ish or something, a little time before that, I don't know, it might have been a little bit before, said he woke up, but he could have been in a dream. I, I don't know if it was a dream, a vision, some experience. But somehow he ended up, Satan was telling him he wasn't good enough to make it to heaven. And I remember him saying one time, even though, yeah, you gave him 90% or 80%, but you didn't give him 100%. You know, and so you're not good enough. And I remember another time he said he brought him to the edge of the abyss and said, see, you're not going to make it. Just go ahead and jump off the abyss and you'll feel better. Kind of like temporary relief, jump off the abyss. It was pretty, pretty powerful. He said he's the scaredest he's ever been in his life. And I said, Larry, did, don't you know, you know, Satan is a liar, an accuser, and the truth's not in him. He said, I heard you telling me that, Brother Ray, but I couldn't get it out of my mouth. And I said, well, I'm not judging you. I'm just saying, tell him off, <laughs> you know. And of course it already happened, so I was crazy telling him that anyway. But so he goes, man, I was, I was just, this is, this is terrible. I, I just, and, and, and I, and I want to tell the people, you'll never feel bad when the time comes for anything you ever did for Jesus. And I said, well, that's, that's good. That's true. And, um, and of course I told him no one can give 100% of everything. There's never a way you can be 100% all the time perfect in everything. And you know what? That's a story of grace. God knows that. You do the best you can, you live by faith, and you keep doing it. Then he said all of a sudden he, he saw the Lord and then he got a phone call. And it was Dennis Anger and Mary Faith, a former pastor here that some of y'all know. And uh, 
And that he had called and he said, let me just tell you, Dennis never calls that late. So that was the first miracle. <laughs> Second miracle is, he just called, said, God placed you on my heart, I need to pray with you. And he prayed with me. And he said, of course, that pumped him up. And then Satan ran. You know, he, he left when he started hollering to Jesus. When you turn to Jesus, or Jesus shows up, let me promise you something. Satan will not stay in the building. That's a fact. Y'all remember little kids, get behind me Satan? Okay. Well anyway, and I don't know all the details of it. And at the same time, Nancy you might not even know this. You texted Priscilla and just said we're praying for y'all at the same time. Well Priscilla comes in there about all this time it's happening and talks about that. And the, you know the pastor had just called and had a prayer. And he said he just felt like the, the Lord was telling him, look, I've got this. I'm speaking to other people to call you at the right time. And, you, you know, and of course he was so excited he called Carvin, he called me. I don't know, maybe he called some of y'all. And bless his heart, he didn't remember who he called, you know, when we talked. My point of saying that, he asked me to share it, is just to tell you, God's grace is amazing. His forgiveness is amazing. And the Christmas miracle is about God's grace. And I think in the church sometimes we've kind of downplayed the power of Jesus. God saves. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Let's never downplay the miracle of salvation. That's what Jesus came to do. Amen. Thirdly, it's a miracle of God's love. <clears throat> I'm sure y'all have heard from several pastors the story of a lady named Sharon Elliott who in 1931 on Christmas Eve there was a family that was out traveling and, and I think on Route 66 in Superior, Arizona and the husband was uh, fixing a tire and the wife stepped off the road just a little bit and uh, kind of wandered off just a little bit and she heard a baby crying and she began to search and she actually found a baby in a, in a hat box. And so it made the papers and all this, lady finds a baby in a hat box and abandoned. And of course they took the baby you know, to her husband, authorities, to an orphanage. And about 55 years, Sharon Elliott thought she knew her story. And back in those days they didn't tell the kids the truth. She found out that what she thought for 55 years was true and that she really had been abandoned and not loved. And, and it was very traumatic for her. And I, I can totally understand that. You'd feel the same way. As a guy who was raised in a home, and many of you have too, that loved me and cared for me, as far as I was concerned, it was awesome. Um, so blessed. So blessed. And any kid that goes to school today and hears about all these stories ought to come home and hug their parents. I'm just telling you with what goes on today. Well, anyway, it was really tough. As we celebrate the miracle of God's love this week, here's the thing that I think the baby says. You are not abandoned. Where can I go to get away from God's love? What does the Bible say? Walmart? I've seen some people in the line at Walmart and they obviously weren't real close to God's love. A foreign country? 
nowhere. The Bible says you can even go to the place of the dead. I can literally breathe my last breath and enter over and I cannot be separated from the love of God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. So this miracle of Christmas is a pretty powerful miracle of God's unbelievable power that had never been thought before. Of his grace about the whole purpose is to save us and have a relationship. I just want you to understand this morning, if it's, if it's a cold morning and you're in the bed, just close your eyes and feel God loving you and hugging you. And I don't care if you're a man, okay? Because I'm a man. <laughs> I'm 40. <laughs> There's a famous, I'm a 40, I'm a man. That, I don't care who you are. I love it. You can be at the hunting camp wherever. I remember camping up in Colorado in the back of a little camper, camper shell. And the only good thing is it got so cold it froze over from my breath in there. So I couldn't get out. You know, the ice in there. And, and thank goodness I didn't realize it, but it sealed up so good I could have lost oxygen. You know, but there were holes in the bottom <laughs> of the thing so I had air but I remember it became like warm in there because it kind of became an igloo you know it was pretty cool but I've, I've been there before and sometimes we just need to feel God's hug and feel his love and you know what Satan's always after us and all that. I think it's okay every now and then just to close your eyes and feel the love of God that he has for you and I think men who are fathers and real men, you need to feel it. And dadgummit, you need to hug your son, hug your daughter. You need to love on them too. So this Christmas, I want some hugs. I want some hugs. You know, there's, we all know John 3.16. You know what I love about the Bible, John 3.16? Everybody's heard it. It's the most famous scripture ever. It's at football games. It's on people's eyelids. You know, all this stuff everywhere. But I want to tell you, I remember knowing it every which way. But then every once in a while, I remember the first time that I read it. And it's almost like for God loved Ray Owen so much, he gave Jesus to him. Man, when that hit me, it was personal. The point is the word of God's alive. Even these verses we quote all the time. We all know that. He sent his son for you. He abandoned everything in heaven for you. That's important this morning. Ephesians 3, 18 and 19. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people. This is a prayer for me. We should. How wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May I experience the love of Christ. Not just cognitively, but experience. Though it's really too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. You talk about, we talk about self-esteem. You've heard me preach on this. This scripture's awesome because it's saying you don't need self-esteem. You and I need God-esteem. What God knows we are created us to be and we have that kind of relationship with him. When we have that, we've got victory. What do you do? That's Paul. What do you do with somebody like that? That's Paul. So I want you, every one of you here to know, even if you've been abandoned in a hat box, and I don't think any of you have, 
You're unconditionally loved. Baby Jesus was a gift, as you see on your outline, of unconditional love. God loved you so much he abandoned heaven to be with you. And the Christmas miracle of baby Jesus is a gift of unconditional love. So at the bottom of your outline we have, what can I give a God that has everything? Well this Christmas there's really only one thing God wants. He wants you. I know that's crazy. We're going Wednesday night have a happy birthday Jesus party and I ordered a huge cake from Sam's Club and it's going to say happy birthday Jesus and it's going to be half chocolate, half vanilla for the saved and the sanctified. Okay? And, and I'm going to have 10 quarts of ice cream or whatever it is, a bunch of ice cream. Okay? And we're going to pray ahead of time for forgiveness. We're going to have that. And you go, well it's Jesus' birthday party, what do I give? There's only one thing Jesus wants. You. You to be there. You to love on your church family. You to be praying for one another. You to remember whatever's good, whatever's lovely, to just be His ambassadors. Just to come out. So I want to challenge you. If there's maybe a neighbor, a neighbor's kid, somebody, Bring them. We're just going to have ice cream and cake and I want you to love on one another and whatever you do you cannot say anything negative. If I walk in and something purple and you don't like purple, and that won't happen unless it's got gold with it. Uh, <laughs> if I walk in and red and you think he's gone crazy, you know. <laughs> what, and my point is we're not going to say it. We're going to just love on one another and we're going to share the most amazing beauty, a birthday party for Jesus. And we understand it's not just a birth and God gave His Son, it's personal. It's personal. And that ought to bring a smile on our face. That ought to give us hope, right? And a joy. And a joy. Yes, our church, my goodness gracious, has been through it. I don't know how we would do it if we were just a family and a worldly organization and we didn't have faith. But we don't grieve and we don't struggle because we know we're part of the kingdom of God. Amen? And we know where Miss Annie is. We know. We know where Brother Lowry is. We know. And that gives us that hope. Would you bow with me? Father God, I pray that the Holy Spirit speaks to our heart and encourages us. That this Christmas miracle that happened 2,000 and maybe 26 years ago, plus or minus, is really meant to happen this week in our life again. Lord, you, you tell us, you told us when we do communion, as often as we do it, do it in remembrance of me. Lord, may every Christmas be a celebration of your power, of your grace, and of your love. 
It's all about you, God, and your love for us and Jesus Christ for your sacrifice. Oh, Holy Spirit, as you did in creation, as you moved among the waters after creation, you just hovered above them and you maintained what the Creator had done. Oh, Holy Spirit, maintain in us what you've done in us. Rekindle in our hearts what you've done in us. We need you, Spirit, to seal this. We need you, Spirit, to help us with what we struggle with. Thank you for the hope that we have. Thank you for the gift and for the miracle of Christmas. Amen. Won't you stand with us, please? Get your hymnals and turn to 108. The wonder of it all. message I want to this is really you know yesterday 
I was trying to find something to to read this morning in the opening service, and I had a tough time. I couldn't I couldn't really get something I felt like God wanted me to to bring. So I got to look at again this morning, and God put me to this scripture in Luke, and I don't know if any of you really noticed, but the, the, what I read this morning was exactly what was in Brother Ray's sermon. And I didn't notice this until I looked at the prayer request this morning when I got here, and I, I looked at the program, and I didn't notice this till I went back and sat down. And I realized... Because I shouldn't, I shouldn't have been the same thing that Brother Ray read. But God put this on my heart. But I didn't read the last verse of it. Brother Ray read that. But that's just, I asked Don this morning, I said, does this look like it'd be good to read here at Christmas time? She said, yes, that'd be good. She said, ever what you pick. But I felt like God put that on my heart. And I look at this, you know, the miracle of Christmas, the gift that God gave us, His Son, sent His Son to die for each of us, us individually. And then I look at these wise men, and you know, maybe because maybe the reason that they're so wise is because they obey God. So if God speaks to your heart, if it's, if it's to call somebody, if it's to... And this is for me. This is for me, not necessarily you. But if God speaks to your heart to to get reach out to someone, to just let them know you love them, you care for them, or if there's something in between that you need to get straight, because you know, do that. And I'm not preaching. I'm just God put this on my heart this morning. I love and appreciate each one of y'all, each one of you. I thank God for y'all. So, you know, I want to do God's will in my life. Thank y'all for being here this morning. And I wish you a Merry Christmas. But before we leave, I want to have our leadership team, which is Marlon, uh, Randy, and Miss Carolyn, to come up to the front. On behalf of the uh, entire Cypress Street family, the leadership team, at this time we'd like to do our annual Christmas presentations to our full-time staff and our part-time staff. And so I'll get that started uh, with uh, asking Brother Ray to come up. And um, I kind of doubt a year ago that uh, Brother Ray had any idea what the Lord had in store for him in the during the year 2022 uh it's been been an interesting year but but i know one thing i know that the every one of us here at cypress street is very thankful that the lord sent you our way and you've been a, a real blessing to us yeah.
and just have a good Christmas, a Merry Christmas, and a blessed Christmas. We appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. I want to reiterate what James said. Yeah, when God lays on your heart to call, you call. You text, Nancy, you call. And I did say, don't call Brother you know, Larry's number, but I didn't say don't text you know, Priscilla and don't call the house, okay? So I thought of that. Keep on keeping, all right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Brother Carvin, could, would you come up, please? This is a token of our love for you at Christmas time for all the Wednesday night Bible studies and all the messages and all the words of encouragement that you've given to us the last two years. We thank you for it, and we wish you all a Merry Christmas. And I have Priscilla's as well, and all of you know that when you need something, you call Priscilla. What a help she's always been to me when it's faith promise time making sure that we get everything just right. And the last two years with the scheduling and other things that I've helped with, we've conferred a lot of times. She wants what's in that program to be exactly right. So let's continue to pray for her this week. And uh, when she comes back, you can tell her how much you appreciate her. I'd like to ask Brooke and Melissa to come up. I'm not real sharp sometimes, but Brooke doesn't have a clue what's in this envelope, but right now Brooke's thinking it ain't enough. <laughs> You're doing a great job, Bill. Merry Christmas. Melissa, thanks for your help with the babies and the, and the young ones. We love you, Mary Kay. I thought Marlon would go ahead and pray, but he didn't. <laughs> Good to have each of you here this morning. And come back Wednesday. We'd love to have you here Wednesday night to share that cake. And if we can get... Randy to uh, get that coffee machine to uh, to work with us. He can. Uh, we'll have some coffee and some ice cream. Are you sure about the ice cream? Okay. Have what? Okay. And then uh, next Sunday morning, Christmas morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day you've given us. Thank you for loving us and the blessings that you give to each of us. Thank you for each one here, Lord, each family represented. We just ask you to keep your hand on them. And thank you for the love that you have for each of us. And just help us to share that love, Lord. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.